as of this recording on Alex Garrett Podcasting, we are only three plays away from 35,000 downloads in the birthday month of this edition of Alex Garrett's Podcast Network, meaning I've been doing this for nine years, we've had tons of names, and uh, once you click this and listen to my wildcard weekend recap for both the Giants and the Giants-Vikings and then Buccaneers-Cowboys games, then uh, maybe, just maybe, after this podcast is posted and listened to, we'll have 35,000 plus downloads. Remember, a download is when you listen more than a minute, and I cannot promise you a reward if you're listening for more than a minute, but, you know, uh, it's going to be awesome when we hit 35K as a group. That being said, I have a few thoughts over the weekend. I mainly have this one question, okay? And it deals with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers ousting in the first round of the wild card. Well, look, they were the weakest division winner, were they not? Were they not? They had not had a solid year all year long. They had been... On shaky ground most games, and if it wasn't for Brady's late-game heroics, that's true, they probably would have tacked on a few more losses and probably wouldn't have been in the playoffs. But as it was, they host the Cowboys last night, and the Cowboys, who have been reeling, okay, they have been reeling a little bit. I know that they had a big couple end of the games there, but over the season, they too had a very shaky season. They ended higher than the Giants, though, so that says something. But did you expect them to go to into Tampa Bay and win thirty-one to twenty-four? I'm sorry, thirty-one to fourteen. Did you expect that? Did you expect Dak Prescott to be twenty-five of thirty-three, throwing four touchdowns? In a season which, if I'm looking at his stats correctly this year, he threw for 23 touchdowns, but he threw for four touchdowns last night. In a year where he had thrown for, you know, made 261 completions, but last night, 25 of 33. He had a very solid night on road on the road. <laughs> and so my main question is simply this to Tom Brady, who I got to say his stats too, right? I got to be fair about this. On the other side, Brady, 35 of 66, only two touchdowns, sacked twice, intercepted once. And even Bleacher Report gives him a, what the hell was that kind of emoji? Remember a few weeks ago, they were pretty much avid, I think, against the Saints until they came back strong and won a, a, a class. It ended up being a classic game. But. My point here is Tom Brady, almost a year ago, 
You said you were going to retire. You're going to be there for your family, your kids. You wanted to call it quits. And in the process between retiring and then unretiring, you lost, your head coach resigned. We believe, I believe your marriage was in shambles during that time too. Because obviously there was a lot of tension about you unretiring. And so I have this question for you, sir. What was it all for? That whole retirement versus unretirement hoopla. Then divorce with, uh, you know, from Giselle. Giselle divorcing you pretty much. Was it all worth it, dude? Was it all worth it to be knocked out in an embarrassing way on Monday Night Football? Was that comeback tour that you so wanted to have to know that you still got it? Was it worth it? Has anybody asked Tom Brady that yet? Or because he's the GOAT, it's he, they're afraid to ask him the hard questions. <clears throat> he's cried before at the podium. I want to see if he cries again when you ask him if it was worth it losing the love of his life, who was I guess around her what? Uh jujitsu instructor? While Brady was going through all this? And he get angry on the sidelines this year. We had never I had never seen Brady act up on the sidelines ever. But it happened. But it happened. And so Tom Brady was it worth it? Was it worth it? That's the question everybody should be asking today. But I digress. Because to my 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 vantage point, the storyline of the NFL wildcard weekend was that the Giants, the hometown Giants, and the upstate New York Bills, the Buffalo Bills, advance. Now the Bills... We knew they would. We thought they would. They had a lot of trouble. Allen struggled. But then he had two incredible touchdowns. To these guys that kept their feet in bounds. It was really remarkable to watch Stefan Diggs, the way he motored in and made that touchdown grab. It wasn't it. And they went 34-31, by the way. But corner of the end zone... <coughs> And then Beasley, of course, making a big catch as well. Davis with a huge grab, almost like Diggs on the sideline. I mean, there were some worrisome points in that game if you were a Bills fan, weren't there? Just weren't there? And then all of a sudden, the Bills held on. Miami's coaching was under scrutiny. And at that point, I was actually commuting to watch the Giants. But guess what I did on the way to my commute? I listened to Bob Papa and Carl Banks and Howard Cross on the call. They were great, man. To hear when Darius Slayton catches that in the end zone. And then to hear 
the way Saquon Barkley was shredding that defense. And then to hear the defense step up against Cousins. And I know Slayton had a big drop there in the middle of the field, but you just knew as the game was going, the Giants were going to do this. And then to see a victory formation for Daniel Jones, who was in his contract year, by the way, but a guy that people have had mixed feelings on. I've had mixed feelings on. To see him able to go in V formation under Coach Dable after a 24 or 35 day, 301 yards, two touchdowns. I know he sacked three times. I know there was a questionable roughing the passer call. But to see him go in victory formation, very special if you're a Giant fan. There were a couple plays that stood out to me uh, as I was watching it, though. Obviously, the Barkley uh, Barkley run. Bellinger for a touchdown there. That's when I saw the third. And then Barkley, after a tie game, rushes up the middle. That's when we saw for two-yard touchdown. And the Giants held on. And the Giants held on from 747 onward. But they looked sharp. And I'm tired of hearing that the Viking defense was the reason why the Giants offense was... No. What we saw, what we saw on Sunday night with this giant team, who, as I mentioned yesterday, did win. And if you're listening daily, thank you very much. We keep pushing this out and keep having people on that I really want to have on. We've we got to get someone named Tyler Foley of Endless Stages on. We'll talk about him down the road here. I've been working on him for a while. But yeah, the Giants' first playoff win since the 2011-2012 season. And y'all know what happened last time they won the in the wildcard round, right? And I thought the rematch against the Vikings was going to go, <clears throat> and they hit the points that I ended up talking about. Making the catches they had to, instead of those drops. Making, uh, I don't know, Defensive stands like they were sorry to, but also picking up a couple interceptions along the way. And Cousins, though he was not intercepted, um, and actually wasn't. Wasn't sacked either. But the Giants' pressure got to him. Enough. I mean, there was a play where they did the end around and they stopped him in the first quarter. And I thought the Giants established himself defensively here along the way. <coughs> but, no, overall, stats aside, this is meaningful. You've got Coach Brian Dable's first year, and he not only gets him into the playoffs now, he gets him... A playoff victory for the first time. 
And this has to boost Danny Jones' confidence, doesn't it? This has to rev a team up, which has a little momentum and did keep it close against the Eagles. Their final game, though it was kind of second, third stringers, but they kept them close. And if you can hold a team that close with your backups, oh boy, what can happen when your regular guys are in there? What can happen when your regular guys are in there? And I know Cousins should have been intercepted, but there was a flag on that play, and I was like, damn it. Because I really wanted that whole catch the interception this time to happen. It didn't, but the the, the, the spectacularness of that giant team overall. Um, which meant is they stopped them short of third, fourth down, you know, fourth down, uh, on third down multiple times, and that was... Awesome to watch as well. So now, where does this weekend look? Where was Brady going to go after this? Charger fans actually greeted and staffers greeted the Chargers after their blown victory. That team fell apart. Miami kind of fell apart. Buccaneers from the get-go were not there. Did Brady miss Gronk this year? I think so. I think so. He didn't have the weapons he had that Super Bowl run. And now you got the Cowboys and the Niners. And I I, I got to say this. <laughs> what if Brock Purdy has a moment where it's the Montana to Clark all over again? Remember, that was the Cowboys. In the NFC title game. What if there's a play at the back of the end zone. Much like that. For Brock Purdy. Dwight Clark is who I was thinking of by the way. Um, when it comes to that catch. Or the catch. As it was known. After Montana linked up with Clark. In the NFC championship game against the Cowboys. How special would that be? If you had a. A remake of that against the Cowboys in San Francisco, no less. It's not candlestick, but Levi's is a pretty damn good stadium. And I know the rain was bearing down on them last week in Santa Clara, California. But uh, this week, who knows what what we'll, we'll bring. Then on the other side... Uh, on the other side of the ball, your division is all set there too, obviously. You got the Jaguars going to the Chiefs. Lawrence against Mahomes. That might be a really hyped up game because of that matchup alone. Mahomes is obviously established. Lawrence is trying to still break in there and what a momentum that, moment that would be. But Burrow against Allen, here we go. The rematch. The rematch of a five a fifth a ten minute game. A rematch. And I guess it's fitting that the Bills replay the Bengals in a more bigger stage now. I guess it's fitting that rematch does happen. And we pray for the safety of everyone involved in that game. 
But I guess a rematch is meant to happen with that. Was meant to happen with that. And maybe they beat the Bengals for DeMar. And then DeMar, who actually, as you know, was stretched off the field, took in an ambulance, had to be resuscitated on the field, administered CPR on the field. Yet said, did we win? How about a fully conscious or, or a conscious DeMar Hamlin watching the Bengals win at home, uh, watching the Bills win at home against the Bengals? That would be the true <laughs> continuation of this genesis. A genesis that saw him win the game of life. A genesis that saw his company get supported by $8 million in GoFundMe. A genesis that saw a whole NFL league, the whole teams, pray for DeMar Hamlin. A moment of unity. And guess what? Again, on Sunday, it's going to be the Bills and the Bengals. This time in Buffalo. But I'm sure those circumstances are going to be revisited over and over again during the game. And boy, oh boy, they were talking about, do we reschedule it? Do we cancel it? See, Annabelle canceled that game, postponed it. And God said, I got you after that. I'm going to make it happen where there's a rematch of epic proportion. And that proportion is the NFL AFC Divisional Playoff Round. Going to be a special weekend. I can feel it. The Giants, can you feel some momentum here, guys, or what? Can you feel some momentum on Saturday night? <clears throat> I know I can, and I hope you can too. But yes, I don't have to put my Giants cardigan away just yet. We have another week to have it and to wear it proudly as the Giants go for week number three, if you will, against the Eagles. And maybe this third week will turn out way better for a Giant team that looks fired up after their first playoff win since 2011-2012 postseason. Have a great, great night, or a great day, and we'll talk to you soon on the Alex Garrett Podcast.